Hello, welcome to the Beargrass Christian Church Podcast. My name is Dee Decker. I am the Director of Communications here at Beargrass Christian Church, and I'm excited to bring you a new podcast series that we're doing titled Pandemic Ponderings. We've probably all had a little bit more time on our hands than what we're used to. Social distancing and staying healthy at home have created space to think deeply, or maybe not so deeply, about life and relationships. Last November, we did a couple of podcasts with the ministers of Beargrass, talking about what it means to uh, be the church in the 21st century and necessary shifts that might uh, be needed. And we talked about the necessary ingredients for ministry in the 21st century. We had no way of knowing at that time that a pandemic would come into our lives just a mere four months later. So we thought it would be good to kick off this new series talking to the ministers about some of the things that they've learned and revisit those conversations. Here now, my conversation with the ministers of Beargrass Christian Church. So we're going to follow up on a conversation that uh, we had back in November. We actually uh, talked about some of the things that we are living through now. Uh, I want to start really where we started at that point, and that was talking about the church. Lee, you said the church for you, you understand the church is gathered in part to worship and the church scattered to go and do. And we have been forced to adapt <laughs> to a way of being church without the ability to gather or scatter due to social distancing. So I would love to hear from all of you about, can you talk a little bit about the early days of social distancing and your thought press up process on uh, your individual ministries, the church as a whole, as to um, how you were going to gather as a church and how you could uh, scatter for the church and have the church scattered to continue to do ministry. Lee, you want to you want to start? <laughs> sure. No, it's uh, so we've kind of redefined what gathered and scattered looks like. Um, the worship gatherings have been a, a challenge, I think, for us, but. Um, uh, thanks to UD, especially uh, if it, had we not had someone willing to jump in and get things up and rolling, um, we would have <laughs> would have been in trouble. But um, in, in a sense that that gathering of ten people on Sunday morning is, is still become important to me, even though it's very small. Um, and, and the scattering um, response, of course, we're all over the place, but um, the number that you've shared with us in terms of participation and, and folks listening have been pretty remarkable from my perspective to be hitting hundreds and hundreds of people, not just in little Metro, but uh, nationally and internationally if you go to Canada. Um, so that, that all has been wonderful. The other cool response, um, even though we're scattered, the folks in the church have found a way to be gathered through through Zoom and um, these special projects and you know, Stephen and Megan Rob, I've been in awe of their willingness to to uh, gather, scatter us 
<laughs> in a sense, we have to come up with another word. Um, um, but uh, the connections, as, as Rod has pointed out so many times, the connections are what's meaningful and important. And uh, I, I think I think we've done a remarkable job of keeping the connections together. And uh, and Rob is kind of pushing us to how do we go deeper, how do we get information to follow up, um, and, and we're still taking steps to do that. So um, I, I've been real impressed with the way things are uh, have rolled out. It's it's much it's much better than than uh, I anticipated. I, I still miss I still miss the buzz of the building uh, you know it, it's just it seems hollow and, and that, that hurts um, just, it's hard to be here during the week it is Sunday mornings are painful yeah well, those first few especially when we're used to walking into a quiet empty building with no energy and it, it was eerie but we all talked about it at times so it, it was yeah. Just, yeah, it unsettles you and doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. I was surprised at what it felt like those first weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was that first uh, worship gathering. I remember that first Sunday. It just felt like grief. It felt mm-hmm. like grief and just sort of was sitting in the room in sorrow. So it, uh, it's been hard. Susan, Stephen, what about you guys? How have you uh, how have you handled? What were your first thoughts about? I'm not allowed to say it on this podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think mostly just a concern for how to reach out to those who may not have family support in the area who can't get out, who are some of our most vulnerable, and um, figuring out ways to continue to meet needs. And as always, true to form. Grass, you know, overwhelmingly um, supportive and encouraging, and, and reaching out that that scattered uh, piece of going and doing and serving um, that is the core of who we are uh, remains. Um, and so it's been wonderful to uh, set people up uh, as pen pals, and that has been one of the most, I think, beautiful parts of this entire situation is seeing the intergenerational connections that have formed and you know seeing those pictures of the pen pals and it, it, I don't know I mean I guess I'm a softie but it made me cry <laughs> yeah and, and we had uh, so like the first couple of weeks I just spent I called everybody that was 70 or older uh, if you're listening to this and that's why I called you don't feel offended um, but um, anyway just checking in with folks and I was pleased to learn that a lot of them you know did have family or neighbor support uh, but we had this we still have this long list of people ready and willing to, to take groceries, to, to run errands, to do whatever. Um, but we've had maybe two or three uh, opportunities to, to do that, um, um, requests to do that. So it, it's been crazy and awful and beautiful. Uh, a brutal uh, thing, as Glennon Doyle would say, I guess. But um, no, I think just trying to figure out how to connect people with Grief Group, with Wednesday Morning Bible study um, with the things that we have responsibilities for, for lack of better terminology. But I've been, um, again, just overwhelmed by the the support, the gratitude for what is being provided. And um, Didn't that such a typical paragraph say 
thing though that our list of willing servers are long is much longer. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yes. that's the longer list mm-hmm. than the need. Not that there's not need in the world, but are people willing to step up? That that's the big long mm-hmm. list. That, that's very very nice. Oh yeah, Stephen, my friend, as a former children's pastor, <laughs> God love you. I have said this a thousand times. You're we the best. You. You're the best children's pastor yeah. I have ever come across in my entire life. I mean, yeah, I his mean, face matches his sweatshirt. <laughs> but I mean, you you span, uh, you know, you and Rob. Well, I mean, all, everybody spans this, you know, wide age group. But the developmental levels that you've had to to deal with. How have you? How did I mean? What in the world? You have come up with some amazing, you know, JYF via Zoom story time with Pastor Stephen. I look forward to that on Wednesday morning. I mean, tell us a little bit about you know your thought process and uh, you know how this initially how this hit you and and what you're what you're feeling and thinking at this point. Um. Thinking more as we tried here, as we entered this, it was to me it was like, how do we do this for the different ages? Because what works for a high schooler may not work for a third grader, and that's okay to say that different things needed to happen for different groups of people. Um, you know, we even JYF Zoom. There are some weeks uh, the remaining hair that I have, I don't think it's going to last much longer. Um, and even just this past week, we tweaked the format, and that worked much better. So we are still learning in this age of how best to minister to the different people. Um, with the younger kids, we thought making more videos so they could watch on their own on their own time might work better because. Having a four-year-old do a Zoom chat is not really an easy thing to do. And that's also what stresses the parents out even more. And they're already stressed out enough. Parents, hands shout out and praise to all of you for all that you are doing and managing at home, working from home, and taking care of your children. You are the rock stars in this. And I am grateful for you for all that you have done to allow us to still minister to your kids during this time. Um, But one of the biggest things that I've learned, even from no matter what age, because I've got handbell ringers, I've got kids, I've got different groups. Everybody just wants to remain connected somehow. And I think that's one of the biggest things we've learned through all this. It's funny, my our bell choir is still meeting weekly via Zoom. No, we can't ring bells right now between sound delays and the fact that the bells are in the building. But they're a small group that just wants to be together and say hi. Um, and I think we've learned that so much of some of the most important thing we do in ministry is about relationship. We've always said that. We've always known that. But this has really proven it in this time. One of the things that I think, Stephen, in our conversations back in November, um, we were talking about the value of the building. And you said, I'm not ready to throw out the building. It's a both and. And you raised the question, how do you minister to people when they're not here? And you've had to figure it out over these past eight weeks. So what have you learned about how to minister to people when they're not here? Other than, I mean, what you just said, people want to be in relationship. But what else have you learned about how to minister to people when they're not here? And in relation to that, then what have you learned about your ministry? I think we try whatever we can to facilitate connection. Uh, and in so many ways, that's what we do. It's not so much that we 
create the relationship, but we can through our programs, through our ministry efforts, through our constituencies, we can become the facilitators for our people to minister to each other. Uh, and that to me is a part of what the Ephesians command to, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. It's Ephesians, right? Yeah, I think I'm right on that. Uh, that. That's part of what that means, is to equip people to minister to one another. And so as we create those spaces, and sometimes we create sacred space here in the building, uh, sometimes we create sacred space uh, via Zoom, and sometimes we just give people the permission. We're not in every Zoom Sunday school class, for instance, but those groups have all, I think all of our adult classes are now up and running. You so amazing. Yeah, you have the friendship class up and running. They're rock stars. Yes, they are. Uh, so they have created, so we've given the permission to those folks, even like, hey, try this. You know, I know with the youth, we, we jumped in early, and then uh, and, and that's that's been one of the most powerful things we've done is just create that space to, to hang out, to relate, to talk to one another. So I think that's a big part of what it is. Uh, Prior to you, I love that you term, you use the term sacred space as somebody who you know has always pushed for a, a virtual mm-hmm. connection and, and church and new and, and ways. I love that you refer to Zoom as a sacred space. Zoom has also become a four-letter word for one of us. There are moments as a kid. It's just, I, I was talking with you last night and several of them because of school or whatnot are, are expressing some major Zoom fatigue. And I was like, man, I know it. I, yeah. That is for real. But still, yeah. there are two or more gathered, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah, it becomes sacred. You can there. Would you have said that, you think, prior to this no. experience? No, but I, I tell you, um, it's been amazing to watch our numbers with youth have stayed consistent, if not up a little bit. And the, the real bonus for me has been the emerging college and young adult crowd. Mm-hmm. We have a now regularly occurring college Sunday school class. And every week when we log in to do that, they're logging in from Lexington, Cincinnati, Louisville. I mean, they're all over the place. Well, we can't do that in normal right. church. We can do it this way. And we all now. And so that group has really blossomed under this uh, kind of pandemic. So, no, I probably wouldn't have said that before, but I'm glad to be wrong, I guess. Why was it important for you as the ministers of Beargrass? Why was it important to continue with um, a very, really, I mean, a, a very similar worship experience online and live streaming? When, when, why was that important? Well, I think it was Susan. I think you, in the very first week, said to the rest of us, the church cannot be silent in this moment. We must speak. And that, that, that's the big quote I remember. And the mandate that, that we, we've got to have a voice here uh, in a moment of it was scary when this was all starting. And, and I think we needed to touch something that felt normal. So I don't throw back at you. It was your brilliance that kind of pushed all this. So, uh, wow. Who knew? Uh, yeah, no, I just felt it was important to have uh, a voice and to, to offer something, even if it was you know, not well presented, you know, in an ID package, but just important for uh, our folks to, to see us uh, and also to know that they were gathered um, together, even in uh, a different, different way. Part of our conversations in the past have been um, about this two-way virtual connection. Stephen, again, your wise words, you brought it up. You told a story uh, about going to a funeral and seeing someone and she said that she loved hearing the sermons online because she wasn't able to make it 
uh, in person to the church. And you asked, you said, I, I think it's great that she loves getting the sermons and online and being connected in that way. But it sort of broke my heart because I had no idea she was doing that and I wasn't connected to her. So how do we, you asked, how do we make sure we still have connections to them when they're connecting to us digitally? And there was, like I said, I mean, a lot of conversation around this as being an obstacle and, and really a distinct challenge. Have you figured that out? No. <laughs> Can you say more about that? <laughs> I thought it was a yes or no question. It was, and then I invited you to say more. I'm going to let Rob take it. Why me? Well, I think the context has changed. We all stay available or as available as we can for folks to, to reach back to us. But I think as we have realized the, some of that, that barrier, we, we've tried harder to... I know you've been making a million phone calls to folks that like you mentioned before with children. I mean, he's staying connected in 57 ways each week with all the kids. I'm trying to do the same thing with youth. We, we not only never missed a youth meeting, we doubled our FaceTime with them as far as the, the number of meetings that they have so that there's opportunities to get connected where we, where we can. So do do... Sorry, Susan, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, it's hard to know. Um, right. it, it's almost like we have to provide an opportunity like you did with a visitor card this week that if we don't know somebody's cued into the podcast or we don't know that somebody's on Facebook, I mean, it's easier to look on Facebook Live and see, okay, these people are here if they mm-hmm. made a comment. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess we have to figure out a way to do that. Yeah. And the other question is sort of like when people come to visit, do they want a contact or do they want to sit in the back row and slip out the back jacket? Sure. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, let me, let me ask you this in a, in a different way. Do you feel connected to those you're ministering to? Uh, uh, with the youth, yeah. I mean, that's my primary constituency. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one of the things that we've done with Zoom, every time we gather, I leave the, when I'm finished with whatever programs that kind of leave this open until the last person signs off. And very often, several kids will linger. Last night, I had four or five of my upperclassmen that lingered for nearly an hour. And we just talked. They needed to get out some stuff about college decisions and end of the school year and real grief uh, that they're experiencing. And so just being available uh, and creating, again, creating those unprogrammed spaces for people to to share, hey, this is on my mind and heart and this is where it is. And, and so, yeah. What Dude. about you, Lee, as a senior pastor? Do you feel connected? I think I think the, the incarnate piece I'm missing is the hugs at the door, mm-hmm. knowing that there's a list of sweet, wonderful people for whom that hug was the only hug they got all week long. So I want to interrupt you to say you're not on Facebook yesterday, I think, or day before, there was a comment from one of our yeah. folks who said, I miss Lee's hugs at the back door. <laughs> you quoted it by name, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting uh, piece of the puzzle. And uh, early bonds here at Baird Residence, it's happened to other churches, but you know, people have said, you know, that this this is the only hug I get all week. And, uh, you know, if I'm on vacation or if they've been sick or whatever, it's, it's like we've got to catch up. And there are several people who will physically separate and re-hug to catch up to make sure they're, they're on, on track uh, with their annual uh, dosage of, of embraces. 
is so um, there is uh, there's a power of course in that physical connection um, but uh, but i'm really proud of the way the whole congregation the way the staff is compensated to to take these other channels and and uh, a lot of us a lot of the folks who are viewing i think just love to see our smiling faces you know uh, just out there there and i know they're going to be there you know on sunday at a certain time and i know i can find them and, and watch them and so their ability to, to just see us i think brings some comfort uh, to all to, to them and you know i, I wish i wish we could we could see them watching as well. That would that would be pretty cool. But. We uh, talked a lot about online church in the past, and uh, Rob, you had said I push back a little bit on this. Not that it's bad, but there's still something about the physical level. I see social media as a tool to pull us back toward a physical connection where possible. Has this view changed? And what would you say to folks who have found Beargrass during the pandemic that live in a different state or the other side of Kentucky and may never may never come to Beargrass? Is the online or social media still a tool to get them here? Or if, is it... If only. Uh, yeah, I mean, I still, to me, I still prefer the in-person. Kind of like Lisa, there's just intangibles about mm-hmm. being together. It's not to say that you can't be connected to a church from a distance. Clearly, that that's where we are now. I think to the folks that have found us from a distance, we love you and we wish you could be with us uh, in person. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so I don't know if that gets to your gets to your question or not. I, I still I still hope and long for, and I think a lot of us would agree that that our preference is is in person. Um, but is it real uh, virtually? Sure, absolutely it is. Um, right now, it's all we've got. It has to be real. So. Thinking forward to the day that it's not all we have. Um, You went on to say in the same quote, you can't ignore one for the benefit of the other. You can't ignore how I took that was you can't ignore physical church or you can't ignore online church for the benefit of the other. Now that Beargrass has an online presence, could you ever envision an online campus or an online extension of Beargrass? Maybe. I wonder if it'll end up feeling a lot like a fourth uh, worshiping group uh, in that in our in normal circumstances, we have Saturday folks, 9 o'clock folks, and 11 o'clock folks. I wonder if this becomes our fourth manifestation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we, we add the, the, the online folks that so that's their primary means of contact with Beargrass. What that'll mean for us, I think, as a staff, is innovating ways to, to create that two-way connection for folks that, yeah, maybe they're not in Kentucky or maybe they're right here in Louisville, but they can't get to church. How are we connected to them? It's back to those same questions we've been before. So I think it's taking them seriously as a real worshiping group. Uh, yeah. And I don't know what that's going to look like yet. Right, sure. We're, we're kind of in the emerging space for that. It's exciting to try to figure it out. So you may not be able to, to answer this, but I would love to hear everybody's um, kind of off-the-cuff thoughts. Would the goal still be, like you said, what about people in Louisville that you know can't get here? My thought, the, the question that came to my mind, well, what about the people in Louisville who can get here? But for whatever reason, are like, no, I'm not going to church. Like, I just can't. There's too much whatever. I'm not going to do that. Would the goal still be to get people here? 
order? Does the, does the online in the future when we can gather, does it have a, a different purpose? Is it almost seen as an outreach or is it just an option? I don't know. I mean, those to me, those are all like theological questions that I don't know what to do with. Yeah, I don't know if there's a one size fits all answer no, to that. I think, I think it depends on the life. Yeah. You know, if someone now I can't go to church because they feel like they won't be accepted, then absolutely the goal is you need to know you're loved and welcome mm-hmm. here. And I would love to help you overcome that. Mm-hmm. But there could be other reasons that people feel fully satisfied and their ministry needs are met that they're not here. Then my question would be, okay, so your ministry needs are met, but what about your need to serve? Mm-hmm. How can we help you satisfy right. that need as well? Right. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And so it depends on what the reason is. Mm-hmm. Is that... I feel like you were jumping in there too, Susan. No, I mean, I just think there will be um, mornings where it's just too hard to get... To church and be with other people. Uh, for Susan, you still have to come to church. You work here. <laughs> I'm working on my grief okay. issues. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, through grief and loss and um, or other life situations, it may sure. be too hard emotionally to yeah. get to church, and yet you can be connected, hear a word of a hope and encouragement, and have that uh, connection. And so, um, but I, I will say I, I don't want to see that to become the um, the norm or an excuse not to right to get right. out and be in community. Right, it can't um, be your reason to isolate. You know, right, mm-hmm. yeah. right. So I think it's it's, it's all sorts. It's providing um, a need for all kinds of things. But I, I again, just what I said. I don't want people to use it as a. Um, I don't have to go now. You right. look right. This is so much more convenient. I don't. Uh, well, and, and so much of church, it's not about what you get, but what you give. You know, and and the, the, we see that anyway from folks. Well, I just didn't get anything out of the service this morning. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> Was that really our fault? You know, and, and I'm not saying that about your rest, but we've heard that before other churches and things. And so, what is it that you were? What's the the give that's part of your faith relationship uh, with God, with your congregation? There's a reason we come together as a people. Don't worry, we're not finished yet. Next week, I wrap up my conversation with the ministers where we talk about something that's central to the disciples of Christ, the table. I'll talk with the ministers about what it means to preside over a virtual table. We'll also talk about what they've learned about themselves as individuals and ministers. You won't want to miss this conversation that will drop next Thursday, May the 14th. For more information on Beargrass and our online services, go to www.beargrass.org. Until next time, peace. Peace.